Eccentric Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Swetha. And I'm Pavitra. So we have an exciting announcement to make. We have a new member joining our podcast, Eccentric. It's Nikhil. You probably know him from the past two episodes. So Nikhil, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Nikhil. And I am in 11th grade. And I am very excited to be joining this podcast. Okay, that's great. So... For today's episode, we're actually going to be covering the topic of rape from a first world country such as USA and from a third world country such as India. Sveda is going to be representing India and Nikhil is going to be representing the United States. I'm going to be asking questions to both of them on how rape differentiates in their country and we're going to be hearing perspectives coming from third and first world country. From there on, we're going to go to a generalized segment where all three of us will be discussing our opinions and perspectives on rape as a generalized issue. Now, to start it off, we're going to be starting off with Nikhil's segment about USA and rape in the United States of America. So the first question I'm going to ask to Nikhil is, many people say that false allegations shouldn't be focused on as a serious situation because consequences are served. So what do you say to the statement, Nikhil? Uh, well, the thing is, right, um, when you're talking about false allegations, first of all, they're not as rare as people like to think. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later in the episode, but for now, when, when you're addressing the statement that false allegations, people who make them get what they deserve, they get their consequences, that is absolutely not true. I would like to point you to the direction of some very high-profile cases in which women or people were basically accused others of rape. They got their fame and whatnot, and sometimes even got settlements paid out to them, and then everyone found out they were lying and they got absolutely no punishment whatsoever. For example, in 2002, a woman named Juanetta Gibson accused another man, Brian Banks, of rape. Uh, she had, he, he ended up, he got convicted. He ended up spending five years in prison. And she eventually admitted, she was caught on tape admitting that she made it up. Um, and her only punishment was to pay back uh, some of the money that she, she won a million or so dollars. And her only punishment was to pay that back. Banks, the man who was accused, still spent five years in prison, his reputation ruined, you know, his life destroyed, basically. Another example, Tawana Bradley accused six white men of gang raping her in as part of a racial hate crime. Uh, this was in 1987. Uh, after, 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 you know, dozens of witnesses and thousands of pages of, you know, testimony and whatnot, a grand jury eventually concluded that it was bullshit and she had concocted the story right probably as a way of getting out uh, getting away getting out of punishment from her parents for going past her curfew although there is some evidence that her parents were involved in the hoax as well anyway what ended up happening there was no actual you know there was no no punishment you know one of the people accused did successfully sue her for defamation but in terms of making false rape allegations, she had absolutely no punishment. Another example, I can keep going on and on. This woman called Joni Faircloth, she accused a famous musician, uh, Connor Oberst, in 2013 of rape. She she recanted her statement later, admitting that she lied for attention because she was going through a difficult time in her life or something. I, I don't know. But she received no jail time, right? No, no, no punishments whatsoever. And another woman, Crystal Magnum, Ma Mangum, um, accused an, an entire lacrosse team of gang rape in 2007. She was then proven to be a liar. Never prosecuted. Nothing. Right? And, I mean, she was later 
convicted of an unrelated murder. But the point is, all of these women, there are, you know, these are just some of the high-profile cases. Tons of, you know, false rape claim, claims are made. And absolutely no punishment is given even when they're proven wrong, right? So, you know, the NRE, which is the National Registry of Exonerations, which is basically letting people out of prison after they've gone in, after they've been proven not to do the crime, 28% of the of the first 1,600 uh, exonerations that were listed down, 28% of those were for sexual assault, right? And we don't even know how many how many more people could be sitting in in prison right now for crimes they do not do. So the point I'm trying to, in fact, under the under U.S. law, there is no actual crime. There is no crime that you can be prosecuted for that involves lying about a rape case. You can be prosecuted for filing a false police report, but that is, you know, quite trivial when when you're talking about men who've had their entire lives ruined for stuff that they do not do the person who ruined their lives is being arrested for what filing a false police report like that it just it's it's an injustice to be quite honest it's an injustice okay that's great to hear hear your response now moving on to the next question um again a majority of individuals state that rape victims don't often get their justice and that the accused don't get a proper sentence either how would you interpret this well i i don't know about a majority of individuals, but it is a it is a a, a a stance, if you will, that I've seen a lot in uh, in on, on social media and and from different people and whatnot. And to them, I have to say this: a a DOJ report, a Department of Justice report called Criminal Victimization, in I believe it's 2014 or 2004. I'm not entirely sure. One of the two stated that 66% of rapes are reported to the police. Right, but however, this this is a bit of a. I am going to admit this is a, a bit of a, a, a big claim because that included threats of rape as well as actual rape. So that number might be a little inflated. Uh, however, I want to point out that in a DOJ report in two thousand and nine named "Felony Defendants in Large Urban Counties," it showed that around sixty six to sixty eight of percent of people accused of rape that went to trial actually did end up getting jail time and actually did get up pro getting prosecuted either for the crime rape itself or they got you know charged with some other you know related felony like maybe if they broke into someone's house to rape someone they got charged with breaking into the house even if they couldn't prove the rape itself they basically they got some jail time they got some punishment right which shows that 68 percent of trials that went to the courts that went to the you know to the courts and got judged for evidence and whatnot. Sixty eight percent of those actually ended up in a conviction, right? And you can't talk about those other you know the other cases that didn't go to trial because you have no way of knowing if those are actual rape or false allegations, right? You have no way of telling. So you know the, the statistic is sixty eight percent of rapes that are judged actually end up in a conviction. So I don't know, you know what what people are saying when they say rapists go free. You know, even if a majority of accused aren't sentenced, when I say accused, I mean people who who are accused of rape. I'm not calling them rapists because I genuinely don't know. We haven't put them to trial yet, so we don't know. Even if a majority of the accused aren't sentenced, they aren't given a punishment, it does not mean that the majority of rapists go free because we don't know if they are rapists or not because they haven't been, you know, put through a court of law and given a trial. What we do know, however, is that rape is difficult to prosecute. Mind you, 
this 68% figure, 66 to 60, roughly two thirds percent figure that I've given is more or less consistent with other crimes like murder, homicide, uh, theft, burglary, stuff like that. It's, it's pretty consistent, right? Now we can determine that rape is difficult to prosecute, but that's not because the entire, the entire country is sexist and the justice system is sexist and we live in a rape culture. It is because convictions need evidence. We need evidence that the person has committed the crime. Right, rapist being convicted of rape is not a trivial occurrence. Right, it's a it's a disgusting crime, and people who commit it are treated accordingly. Therefore, we need the higher the standard of evidence to convict a person of that rape also needs to be higher. Right, and it's just it's just a fact that a lot of rapes there simply isn't enough evidence. Right, it's the way it works is you know most of the evidence of rape is on the victim's bodies. Right, so often what happens is. The victim waits too long to report it or, you know, by taking a shower, she's just unwittingly destroyed all the evidence. Right. And I'm not victim blaming. It's just that's just how it is. A majority of rapes don't have enough evidence because, you know, either you wait too long. Or, like I said, you take a shower and, and I'm not blaming them. It's just that's just, you know, the state of it. You can't change that. Right. So rapists, even if, you know, you accepted the idea that rapists never go to jail. Right. Which I've just shown you. If they go to trial, 68% of them do, right? Even even if you accepted that, you know, it, it's it's because rape is just a difficult crime to prosecute, right? It's just a difficult crime to prosecute. It, the, the evidence just, you know, oftentimes just isn't there. And there's nothing we can do about that other than invent maybe new technologies to, you know, process rape and whatnot. Okay, it was definitely interesting to hear your statistics and hear the perspective. Moving on to the next question. In the justice system, do you believe that sexual assault cases are particularly leaned towards a certain gender or biased towards a certain gender? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean well first of all, I just wanna point out a lot of everyone thinks everyone thinks that, you know, you know, women are, are you know the primary victims of sexual assault. But did you know that According to the Department of Justice, right, in 2008, 216,000 inmates in prisons were sexually assaulted while they were serving time. Now, the majority, the vast, vast, vast majority of these inmates are men, right? So th that means you ha have potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of men being sexually assaulted in prison. Now, the number for women being the number, the number for women being raped outside of prison isn't is doesn't even cross a hundred thousand. I don't think in 2013, I think it was something like 70, 79, 80,000, right? So if you want to look at it by raw numbers, men are actually victims of sexual assault. Like according to statistics, almost double women. Men are, men are victims of sexual assault almost double as women. And you can make the argument that you know in those prisons when those men are being sexually assaulted, it's men who are also doing the assaulting. But the fact is, as a man, I am equally or maybe double more likely to get sexually assaulted than a woman. Like, the fact is, there are more men experiencing these things than women. That is, it's just by raw numbers, it's just a statistical fact. Right. So I, I, I'll admit that this is inside prisons and, you know, maybe the outside world doesn't really hold, like connect with prisons and maybe they're separate and you can you can make that argument. But the numbers don't lie. Right. Like. Men are victims of this more than women, like statistically anyway. And in terms of being slated towards one gender or the other, I want to point out that until 2013, the legal FBI definition of rape 
didn't allow men to be victims because the 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 the, the wording of of the crime rape had the word female in it right so if you were a male and you got raped you couldn't be a victim because you weren't a female so you legally could not make a case because you weren't female right so in terms and and they've changed that now obviously but even now it's 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 not exactly easy for a man to you know be a victim and a woman to be a a rapist in india and israel for example the language the wording is such that women legally cannot be rapists they cannot be charged for rape because they cannot legally be one right so if you want to like talk about you know it being slated to one or the other i heavily believe that it is slated in favor of women okay great to hear from you now we uh, so these are actually the end of the questions that we have for nikhil but nikhil do you have anything else that you want to add on or anything else you need to say that wasn't yeah, covered in the I, question well, I'd like to talk about, uh, for starters, I want to talk about the, the, the distribution of, you know, rape claims. Um, there, there's a, in terms of what percentage of rapes are false, what percentage of them are true, um, you know, th that sort of thing. Um, a lot of people say that, oh, only very, very few rapes are untrue and are, are false or whatever. And most, if not all rapes are true or not. But there was a... University of Massachusetts Boston study conducted called false allegations of sexual assault and analysis of 10 years of reported cases. Basically, they they went through 10 years of rape cases on, I, I believe it was that university campus. And what they found out was, I think, five to nine percent of rapes were provably false, which means that they had which means that they had proven that they were bullshit. Right. Um and I think something like 44.9% of rapes were, they, they, they were basically, they couldn't say they were actually rapes or they, they couldn't say that they weren't. They couldn't prove it right or wrong. So it's like sort of in this middle gray area, with, which, is, which is called unsubstantiated. Uh, either the, 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 the claim didn't meet the, meet the legal definition of rape, either there wasn't enough evidence, or the victim slash uh, uh, accused did not cooperate, something like that. I was so that's basically forty four point nine percent of of the rapes reported in that um, start in that sample group was unsubstantiated, and then another thirteen point nine percent of rape claims weren't coded, which means they weren't included in the study because they didn't give enough you know information to the to the you know the, the people who were making the study so that so they didn't give enough information so the people just disregarded it. So if you add those numbers up, sixty four. 0.7% of all rape reports are false or unsubstantiated, right? And the people who wrote the study, they, you know, they used, they cited other studies, other, you know, similar studies around the world, you know, in America, nationwide, to, to get to this number. 64.7% of rape reports are false or unsubstantiated. A majority of rape reports, a statistical majority of rape reports are false or unsubstantiated. Now, that could go the other way, which means that those unsubstantiated rapes could be true. They could not be. We don't know. That's the thing, right? So we, we genuinely don't know, right? So 100 minus 60, what is that? Roughly 65, that's 35. So 35% of rape reports are provably true. Five point, roughly 6% of rape reports are provably false. And then there's this massive chunk of, I think it's some something close to 60. No. Yeah, high 50s, low 60s, something like that. A massive chunk of all rape reports 
we simply do not have enough information to judge, right? Now, I'm not saying that they're all false. I'm not saying that they're all true. We don't know. And that is the point I'm trying to make. We don't know whether they are true or not. So we cannot say that there are lots of rapists going away free or living because we don't know if they're rapes or not. We don't know if they were true or not. And basically, you know, those are basically the statistics I would like to cover. You know, in conclusion, you know, a majority of rape reports are either false or unsubstantiated. A majority of people who go to trial end up doing get, do getting a conviction. And legally speaking, it is very hard for you to get convicted of making a false rape claim. It is also very hard for men to be victims of rape. And finally, statistically speaking, men do get raped more than women. Okay, so I think that ends our segment on rape in the United States. Thank you so much, Nikhil, for giving the statistics and giving the facts to back up your claims. Now, we're going to be moving on to rape in India and the third world country. So we have Saveda, who's going to be representing India. And I'm going to start off by asking her, what is the conviction rate of rape in India? Okay, so the conviction rate of um, rape in India is as low as 27%. This means out of 100 accused, only 28 gets convicted. So on an average of 88 rape cases take place every day in India, according to the National Crimes Records Bureau. And yeah, more than like 145,000 rape cases were pending trials in Indian courts by the end of 2019. So following up with a follow-up question to that statement you just made, why would you say that this rate is so low? And what do you think contributes to the low sentencing of rapists? Okay, so one of the most common reasons why criminals don't get punished is the poor police investigation. Reasons such as hostility of the witness or the complaints or even the family pressure on the victims also plays a role. And bringing, and bringing rapists to justice in India can be painfully slow. After 32,500 cases reported in 2017, only 18,000 of them were resolved. But across the country, there's still 127,000 cases left unresolved. And, and yeah, the cases must be fast-tracked. The accountability should be fixed. And due process of law should definitely be adhered to. All right, so moving on to the next question. Why do you think sexual violence is so prevalent in India? Okay, so the crimes against women are taken less seriously and the police are even accused of incessantly to survivors of sexual assault. India is a patriarchal society where women are treated as second-class citizens, but it's not just women. Children as young as three had been beaten and raped too. Okay, and it was great to hear your response, but what do you believe are the consequences when proper justice isn't served in a particular case or in a particular sexual assault? Okay, so like I said, the, uh, the convict conviction rate of India in rape cases is 27%, and the reported case, uh, and the actual numbers of assault is likely higher as people are, you know, more reluctant to report their sexual assaults. And there's this one case where Indians responded to police officers shooting and killing four accused men of gang rape as fixating. The country was celebrating. The police shot them. Were they the culprits? No, we don't know because no evidence was collected. But this is what happens when justice is not forthcoming. 
So over the past years, we've seen many protests, a lot of outcry in the streets when it comes to rape and violence against women. But what do you think led to this amount of outcry and protests of rape in India? So, of course, this is no surprise, but India is battling high levels of sexual violence and really slow judicial system. Violent sexual crimes is not a new story in India, and nor are the protests over it. Rape in India came under spotlight after a young girl was raped and killed in a moving bus in Delhi. It was a Nirbhaya case, the most notorious case that had been uh, has been in the Delhi rank, rank gang rape of 2012. A girl named Jyoti Singh was raped by six men while she was traveling in a bus with her friend in New Delhi. She was brutally violated by, by an iron, uh, iron rod and later died due to her horrific injuries. And out of six of them, four were sentenced to death and the juvenile was sent a remand home and released in two years. And no justice was served to her. And you think this led to the amount of cries and the amount of protests that's been happening in the streets and all over yeah, India? That, that, that was the first protest that happened in India after many years. It was the Nirbhaya case. Uh, moving on to the next question. How do you think political patronage plays a role in rape? Okay, so first of all, political patronage is when um, India elected a new lower house of parliament or called Lok Sabha in 2019. 19 ministers of the parliament have been charged with violence against women, including rape, murder, and kidnapping. And the ruling BJP right now has the highest number of MPs who have been charged with crimes against women. And that's just in parliament. Um, so I believe that is all the questions we have for India, but Savita, do you have anything else that you want to add on, any extra, any extra information that wasn't covered in the questions? Well, I would just like to say, um, there's so many brutal cases, even in 2018, an 18-year-old girl was raped and murdered in a Hindu temple. The forensic examination stated that Apisa Bano was raped multiple times by different men and had been strangled to death. So, however, the however powerful they might be, whatever position they hold, whatever religion the culprit or the victim may belong to, justice should be served. Justice must be done. Okay, um, that was it. Was so great to hear from you. It was so great to hear about this, and I believe that does bring an end to our segment about India. But now we're going to be moving to the generalized segment where all three of us discuss rape as a crime. Now, to start it off, I want to ask both of you about victim blaming. And how do you think, how much of, do you think victim blaming is an issue in both USA and India? And why do you think it really happens? Well, to be quite honest, um, like, like there, there, there's there's a number of reasons for this. I'm gonna be quite honest. Um, first of all, someone being assaulted is never their fault. Someone having their human rights violated is never ever their fault, right? You that, that you you can never blame someone for having their own rights violated unless it's I don't know something like self defense or something. But basically, you rape as you know rape no one who is a victim of it should ever be accused right now i am going to admit there are lots and lots of people who 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 think that it, this is an okay thing to do 
right? They might say, oh, why would you go to a party like that, you know, wearing that if you knew that, you know, there are going to be a lot of guys around. And, you know, the thing is, if there is a victim of rape, right, you know, a lot of what we should we should be doing two things. Number one, we should be as as gentle and as we should be trying our best to 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 bring that person back to a normal emotional mental level because that person has just gone through trauma and we should be caring and and gentle and everything. But at the same time, if if we are actively trying to find the perpetrator, we should be asking all the relevant questions, right? We should be asking all the questions that need to be answered. Where were you? Uh, what time was it? Uh, you know, who 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 was it? What was he wearing? Stuff like that, right? And, and a lot of people want to say, "Oh, believe all women, believe all women, believe all women," right? But then, the thing is, there is a thing called justice. There's a thing called evidence. There is, you know, all these things. These questions need to be answered. You don't just, you know, just jump out and you know do whatever someone says because, you know, as slim as that possibility may be. There is a chance that that person is lying, no matter what. Okay. Now, I, they could be telling the truth. They could be lying. You don't know. You don't treat them either. You don't treat them like they're telling the truth. You don't treat them like they're lying. You treat them like, 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 like a. You treat them like a case that needs to be solved. You need to ask the questions that need to be asked. And I'm not saying be disrespectful, right? And I'm not saying blindly listen to everything that the person says, right? You need to just, you know, be logical. Be be you know, yeah. That, that in my opinion, that's when when they say victim blaming. Either it's an actual sexist or like a misogynist or whatever who's genuinely trying to hurt a victim and trying to you know make them feel bad, or you know some people it's it's mislabeling the course of justice as victim blaming. When you ask a, a, a victim, where were you? What were you wearing? You know, what was he wearing? What were you, uh, were you under under drugs? Were you under alcohol? People call that victim blaming. It's not, right? It's just justice, the course of justice, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think when it comes to victim blaming, if anyone has been sexually assaulted or raped, you should never, the first response should never be blaming them. Like, you knew the consequences. Why did you go out to a party at like 2 a.m.? It should never be blaming them. Because again, like Mikhil said, they were in a state of trauma. You should never just, you should, you're adding on to it more and you shouldn't. But again, also, like he said, I don't think you should completely blindly believe them. Obviously, if a person gets raped, sometimes they will be lying, sometimes they won't. So you should always look at the facts, always look at the case, but don't also like completely be insensitive, but never also believe them. Be on a 50-50. Be there for them, support them, let them know that it's okay, but also ask them questions and make sure that what they're saying is true. Because they could be lying. There's, there's always a possibility that the rape never happened and maybe the person is trying to get revenge at an ex or trying to bring someone's life down because they don't like them but also make sure that you're there for them because if they did possibly get raped you wouldn't want to add to the trauma or make them feel like it's their fault because a victim or someone of sexual assault a victim of sexual assault it's never their fault but you shouldn't just blindly believe anyone that tells you they've been raped you should look at the facts look at what happened when it happened who is there and always see whether if it actually happened look on the logical side if it actually happened or if they're lying in my opinion i think it's like a 50 50. be there for them support them let them know that it's okay but don't blindly believe them make sure that what they're saying is facts make sure what they're saying is actually true because they could be lying you know 
ஜெண்டர் because you have because especially in india it's quick to judge thinking that oh yeah she's a woman she's a guy of course she's not lying he is of course she's a victim in this but that's not true that's not true there's very few, very cases very like many cases where men were also raped by women so it's it's not right to jump into conclusions because you're hearing one side of the story you have to hear both of them and then you have to collect all your evidence prove and then the justice should be served Yeah, um I think we've all <laughs> come at a similar point, but I see a lot of times in cases where the of the woman like the victim is a woman, many are quick to jump in and say kill all men. <laughs> men are trash and you know, it's yeah, always it's the just, men that end up doing this. The thing the thing that the issue I have with all men are trash, all men are rapists, all men are, you know, disgusting. Number 1 It's just factually not true. Like there are what 90,000 rapes, there are what 160 million men in America. It's just statistically not true. And I know a lot of people say that, you know, uh you know, they say that, "Oh, but when we're on the street, when we're outside, you can't tell who is, you know, who every man could potentially be a rapist." And that I will admit that is a fair point. You know, you, you when you're outside and when you're dealing with this, you have to assume that every threat everyone could possibly be a threat that is a fair point i i will concede that but like i i i i don't see this out like outside in public more like as much as i see it online like all, all i see online is all men are trash all, all men are rapists kill all men shit like that then what bothers me about that is well for starters you're calling me and many and i'm presume, presumably all men trash rapists and we should die by you know kill all men This, firstly i feel insulted right because you know some men aren't rapists you know shocker some men don't enjoy sexually assaulting other people you know some men are respectful some men you know observe other people's human rights and respect those human rights you know it's it's you know it's disrespectful for starters now this might sound like me you know being a you know but hurt and what not and and fair you know you have the right to say what you want i have the right to feel offended but you know i'm offended it doesn't matter the the problem is the big problem with this is this kind of rhetoric doesn't solve a thing right firstly it doesn't stop rape right it, like especially in somewhere like in america in a third world country sorry in a first world country an an an, an act like rape isn't isn't condoned no one thinks it's okay it's just certain people who don't care that do it anyway so no matter how much you 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 campaign and say yo rapists are rapists, the people in first world countries who do rape they don't care right they do it anyway right so you're 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 you telling them that it's immoral isn't going to help now in a in a third world country like india i am inclined to believe that it happens a lot more because maybe people aren't as you know don't have the you know sex education or whatever it is or like the they haven't been taught that it's wrong and 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 what not and maybe that has an element of truth to it 
But those, if those people are the ones who are out here committing rapes, what makes you think that you going on Instagram, posting posts and, and putting up stories, how is that going to change anything in the real world? You know, the people who are actually committing rape aren't having their minds changed by, by, by your online screaming. And in, in addition, what that does is it, 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 it ostracizes and, and, you know, pushes away you know, otherwise normal men. See, with this whole phenomenon of kill all men and stuff, what happens is normal men, normal males, right, who respect women, all that, who, who are fine, you know, they, they, they're they nice to everyone, they, they respect women, they don't, you know, say bad things. They're, 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 these people, they think fine. They log on to Instagram. Suddenly they're being bombarded by just abuse, kill all men, men are rapists. And what happens is they get pushed the opposite direction. They see this and they get pushed towards the, you know, maybe it is the victim's fault. You know, maybe they start thinking maybe... Maybe rape is okay, you know. It's you know maybe 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 you know maybe it's not that bad of a crime. Maybe maybe it's the woman's fault for wearing different clothing or whatnot. And what you end up doing is you end up converting regular, neutral, normal men into women-hating misogynists because all you're doing with this speech is just ostracizing men, right? Like in like in physics, um, I think you do you guys both drop physics. Oh, no, I've dropped it. I mean, I never took it actually. <laughs> okay, well, well, in physics, right? There's this experiment where they take a neutral object, right? It's usually metal or some sort. A neutral object, yeah. and next to it, they put a charged object, right? And what <laughs> ends up happening is the charged object polarizes the neutral object, and then all the charge in the neutral object goes to the other side of it, and the neutral object end up ends up becoming oppositely charged to the to the original object. That was, so basically what you're doing is you're taking fierce, you know, man-hating women, right? Fierce man-hating sentiment. And you're putting it next to a neutral guy. And what what ends up happening is you end up with a woman-hating male, right? So all this rhetoric, it doesn't help to stop the problem. It's just increasing it, right? It's it's just increasing it. Like, that's, that's the issue I see with this. Like, you're not solving anything with all your man-hating and whatnot you're just making the problem worse instead of you know stopping rape you're just creating more men who think it's okay yeah um yeah of course i mean it's it's statistically and factually not even true that women are, women get more raped in america but from an indian perspective yes okay um women do get women are more like victim in more crimes rape crimes but at the same time, like we talked about before, justice and everything, there's a process to it. Just because she's a woman doesn't mean she actually got raped and doesn't mean he's a man. So he's obviously the bad guy. That That's not right. Obviously, we need evidence. We need all the proof we can get to take one side of the story. So, yeah, it's quick to um, obviously blame men. Yes, uh, India, it's mostly because of poverty and uneducation and all of that. But at the same time, it's it's like saying like I can uh, just because like in America, men, women are uh, women are accused. I mean, they're not accused, but men are victims. But no one really knows that. I can just say, oh, all women are bad. But that I'll be cancelled for that because it's an insensitive thing. But when it's the opposite, it's not. So I completely yeah. agree what you're saying. Just touching on what Savita said, you know, she was talking about. In India, rape being more, you know, because of what she said, he said poverty on, on education, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> what what I'm trying to, I'm struggling to understand is you're putting stories on your Instagram, right? <laughs> like the, the average what teenage girl will have what like thousand followers. What percentage of those followers are violent, uneducated, poverty-stricken males who will turn to rape to fill their time? What percentage of people are the ones who are actually going to be receiving a message? Because from what it looks like, like from what I can tell, at least on the accounts that I follow, the, the, the people who tend to see these, these anti-rape messages aren't the ones out here committing rape. They're just, they're, they're like privileged, you know, upper middle class Indians. Yeah. Right, yeah. often expats, and these aren't. The, this isn't the demographic that's that's you know committing the rapes. This isn't the demographic that you should be working towards. So it it, it seems rather hollow to me. I mean, it's similar to when when people would just put black squares on their on their Instagram. But at least oh, yeah. at the very least, black you know racism. It it affects the entire you know the, the perpetrators are. What they're supposed to perpetrators, it's the entire spectrum, right? The entire economic spectrum. But here, right, it, it's I'm not going to say that it's only poverty, poor women that are getting raped because that's not true. I mean, they'll they'll come for anyone, anyone and everyone, right? But the 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 perpetrators, at least from what I can tell, are vastly those lower class, you know, you know, working class men who haven't got the education about consent and. And, and all that. So it, it just, it seems pointless to me and, and hollow. Because every case is individual. Every case has different stories. It's not same to the past cases or anything. So posting stories, it's quite stupid because it's not going to help anything. But maybe predictions, yeah, sure. It could probably change the investigators in the case or something. It might affect the case in a good way. But posting stories and just reposting saying oh this shitty guy or whatever like how because you don't know anything have you seen the forensic no have you actually seen the dna reports and stuff not really because it's all just the media influence and everyone just blindly follows it and that doesn't do any good yeah i i completely agree i just what i fail to understand is how attacking an entire gender is going to make a situation any better and it's exactly. just gonna make it it's gonna make it worse because the thing is, everyone knows, like again, like Nikhil and Swedish said statistically proven. It's not not all men are trash, not all men are rapists. There's like so many people on the earth, of course not every single male is gonna be a rapist. Not all of them are gonna be one. So how is attacking the entire like an entire gender gonna help you or even gonna help society? And I've actually seen this a lot on social media. I'm not sure about you guys, but I've seen this a lot on social media where um when like when these like teenage girls um post on their like snapchat stories and instagram kill all men and then when guys swipe up and say um how it's not exactly like that much of a joke but then when you say kitchen jokes to them <laughs> it's that's when they take that seriously but they don't take kill all men seriously and they take that as a joke but they yeah. don't think kitchen jokes are funny it's just it's the hypocrisy <laughs> is it's being shown there a lot and I personally think like all men are rapists, especially in the United States. It's it's so stupid because men are raped more than women in USA. And a lot of the cases that happen, whether it's rape, murder, whether it's child abuse, women are a part of it too. I mean, Gabriel case. Yeah, for I, example, I, for example, I mean I, I did cite at least four different cases in which women, you know, got away with 
some rape reported something. And additionally, there is a there was a case in which uh, uh, a a woman raped a minor, uh, and and got pregnant, and sued him for child support, and won. Right, like she raped him. All right, it, the case is called Hermesman versus Sayer. I think it was Kansas, nineteen ninety three. Right, Colleen Hermesman raped a, a man. Okay, she got pregnant, and then she sued that man for child support, and that man was forced to pay child support for a for a child he was raped into producing. That uh, like. How much more biased can you get? My God, like cases like this is just what makes me think, you know, maybe the justice system is, you know, you know, done, right? Maybe it is clapped. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should just give up and try again. But, you know, it's just stuff like this just makes me lose hope, you know. But then, yeah, then. I mean, I honestly, for me personally, I just wish for the at least like the Indian society, like third world society countries yeah okay it, it's quite easy to blame men factually statistically it, men are you know perpetrators of most cases but at the same time i just wish we could take a minute look back just see both hear both sides of the stories and then jump into a conclusion rather than just saying uh, all women's victims and all men suck like you know, I was actually when I was uh, when I was planning for this research for this uh, episode, I went on Google. I wanted to see some. I know I know all of the gang rapes against women by heart, but I don't know any one case of men. And I wanted to get some actual proof and statistics, but I couldn't find one site, one resource that could claim my point. It's that biased. Yeah, I think. I, at least, like in USA, I just think it's very stupid to say kill all men. When again, men fa- when at least when it comes to rape and all men are rapists, men are raped more than women in USA. That's, that's that that one sentence just says everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, in India, I mean, yeah, and and in India, at least, I mean, the majority of crimes are targeted towards women, and that again, yeah. due to I'm, lack I'm of education, not, I'm poverty. I'm gonna be honest. In in I suppose in India where rape is way more prevalent, you know what I've been talking about maybe doesn't apply so much. You know maybe like I I said something there was like a 65 percent of rape reports are false or unsubstantiated in America, but in a place like India with you know like with not as much of a you know competent police. Well, I wouldn't say competent. We just you know. It's it's not as developed as the United States. Somewhere like that, statistics like these don't come into play because I mean, maybe perhaps we just don't have the necessary means to determine whether it was false or not. You know, like with what with Subeda said, with rape cases being taking out like years and years to get resolved. You yeah. know, eventually the evidence is just going to go bad, right? So, and then the rapist is going the potential rapist could potentially get off. So I I think that. When you're talking about rape in India, I think that you need to just you need to focus on making the justice system exactly. as competent and as you know able as other first world countries, and and then we can finally begin solving the question of rape. Exactly. Yeah, of course. And actually, I have a question to ask you, Nikhil. But I've been seeing this a lot on my Instagram when 
um, the the leak case with the girl and so I've been seeing a lot of people post this on their stories about how people are arguing against the not all men in India it's like not all men but yeah the majority so do you agree with that like how people going well, against the not all men statement I just well, want to know your opinion coming from a male well I'm gonna well I I just I want to point this out um factually that is wrong factually not all men are rapists that it's just factually true but I don't think that's the point that they're trying to make. They're not trying to say that out of 500 million men, every single last one of them is rapist. I don't think that's the point they're trying to make. The point that they're trying to, I mean, they've worded it badly, but the point that they're trying to make is when you're outside, when you're out and about, when you're in a bus, when you're in an Uber, you have to take all men are rapists as, you have to take it like that, right? You you can't just, yeah. you don't know who might, you know, be the next abuser. You, you don't know. So you have to, you have to assume the worst of everyone. And to be honest, that is like that is a fair way to go about things that is a fair way to you know you know conduct your daily life and i i in fact i i don't argue with it in fact i think that's right i think they could have worded it better right when you say all men yeah. are rapists uh, it, it doesn't exactly promote you know working together and teamwork it doesn't promote you know cross gender you know working together in cross-gender change it, it doesn't really promote that but and and i feel like they could have worded it better but at the end of the day the premise that women have to assume the worst of everyone i think that's a fair premise i think it is logically it makes sense and to be honest i, I don't i don't have an issue with it i think it makes sense particularly in third world countries as well i mean if you see i mean saudi is very like discriminative against women especially in the law so it does make a lot of sense and i just think it's i just think it's very i just don't understand how it would help to target one gender just completely bash one gender i don't understand what people are trying to achieve from that especially in usa at least i mean given the circumstances yeah, of course in the usa where yeah like i said almost two-thirds of rapists who go to trial are convicted you know it's it's there's it's 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 not unjust Right. If you have the evidence, your abuser will go to jail. Right. He he most likely will go to jail. I mean, obviously that you can point to certain cases here and there where some rich guy used his power to make it all go away. And but the vast vast majority of times, I I think that you will get justice in a in a place like America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've actually seen like a lot of cases where when women are the victims. People tend to all, like pe- people always like blame the accuser without knowing whether they're innocent or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's there's that presumption of innocence should be there, but people don't follow through with that. They just immediately a- attack the accused. They attack the, the bandwagon, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and I I personally think it's wrong because again, you can't really attack a person based off of a claim that's been made unless it's been proven by the court, unless there's evidence, unless there's proper reasoning. Um, yeah. I think it's unfair to attack the accuser just right away like that. Exactly. I mean, when when we're talking about bandwagons, it happens like all the time. You know, when Bill Cosby was, you know, uh, when he was accused, all his fans jumped in a bandwagon and called bullshit, called bullshit, no matter what, right? And then when O.J. Simpson was accused, you know, all his fans all jumped on a bandwagon and whatnot. You know, and it goes the other way too, right? When Christine Lazy Ford or something like that. I think that's her name. She accused um, 
a judge that Trump had appointed. Uh, his name was Brett Kavanaugh. She accused him of rape like decades ago or something. And everyone jumped on the bandwagon that she was right. Like, oh, believe her, believe her, believe her. She recanted her statements. Not one person could corroborate it. In the face of all that, everyone still supported her, even though there's absolutely no evidence. Right. And I will admit people tend to get a tribe mentality. Like it's us against them. Right. So it's us women against evil rapist men. And people get into those groups and start begin dividing themselves. But I think that we need to stop dividing ourselves and just wait for the actual proof to come out. Wait for the evidence. Wait for the, you know, don't make judgments until you have the evidence. Right? Don't jump on any bandwagon because it, it it's a 50-50, right? It is as true as it is false. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sueda, what do you think about this? Uh, I agree with you. And there's also this one case. I don't know if you guys know about this, but this is not rape or anything, but um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's case. Where, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amber, Heard, uh, Amber Heard accused Johnny Depp of, of physically violating and abusing her. And he was, he was super long. There was leaked phone calls also saying that Johnny Depp never, never um, admitted anything. And he, during the trial process also, he was very loyal to her and he was always treating her right. And he lost his entire career because of it. Everyone started sending death threats, everyone canceling him. The court was against him because he was a guy. Everyone believed her because she was a woman. But then later found out that she was the one who was abusing him. And his their own bodyguard saw her slap him. So, yeah. I think, um, especially, I feel like, especially when there's like a woman involved, like as a victim, people tend to jump faster into accusing the um, guilty, jumping into conclusions, thinking, oh, the woman is completely correct. She has been raped, regardless of what the court says, regardless of whether there's been evidence or not. I feel like in my like personal opinion, I feel like when a woman is involved, those accusations, those jumping to conclusions tend to get more aggressive because a woman is involved. Oh, yeah. On those sympathy points, like, um, see, yes, okay, if, uh, first world countries, yeah, okay, it's, it's kind of stupid to be honest, but like a third world country, yes, it could be quite hard to take the man's side in a case. But at the same time, I just wish someone would just, you know, take a moment, just understand the actual evidence in the case and then making a mind and trying to serve justice for it rather than just seeing the gender and the religion. Like even um, not just gender in India, especially even like the religions, minorities get raped more than majorities. So... Yeah, I just, I just wish we could put all of those aside and see the actual, actual like, evidence we have, and then trying to make a conclusion out of it instead of just believing someone because of their race, gender, or religion. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, presumption of innocence is one of the, you know, one of the the cornerstones of, you know, twenty twenty first century justice systems. You have mm-hmm. to presume that both the accused and the accuser are innocent until proven guilty. You know, you, and um, unfortunately, that's just not what we see nowadays. You know, what we see instead is, you know, men losing their jobs, the men, you know, losing their, their family. They get ostracized by society. They go into depression because they were accused of something that did not happen. You know, their reputation is destroyed. They can never have a job again, nothing, because of a rape that did not happen. And the woman, the woman gets away scot-free. And, you know, it's, it's this perversion of justice that I, I really have an issue with. It's this hypocrisy. 
you know, believe all women. Why? Because they're women? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I, sorry, keep going. I keep talking, keep talking. Um, Yeah, and that's like another reason why I believe rape culture exists in India, personally. Yeah, rape culture, that's a funny word, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I think the dictionary defines it. People like to throw that word around in America. Dictionary defines it as a culture in which rape is permitted, tolerated, and encouraged, um, which is clearly not true because, as I've pointed out multiple times, two-thirds of all rapists who go to trial end up getting convicted. They end up going to prison. So I don't understand where permitted, tolerated, and encouraged comes from. You know, so I think, yeah. You know, it's it's in terms of the, you know, presumption of innocence, it is worse to put an innocent man in prison than it is to let a guilty man go free, right? So if you believe all women, sure, maybe the number of actual rapists we catch is going to go up, but the number of innocent men go, that go to jail is also going to go up. I'd rather have an innocent, I'd rather have a guilty man free than an innocent man in jail. Of course, yeah. Well, I believe rape culture exists in India only because of the normalization of the genders. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think the reason rape culture exists in India is because in society, it's like when a woman is raped or sexually assaulted and that gets media attention, it's the first question is always, what was she wearing? What was she doing? It's never, how is she feeling? Okay, it's never like, we need justice or it's never like... um. It's sensitive questions. It's always like, blaming her. It's always like not even her, but even when it comes to a man in India, it's never it's it's never about like helping them and making them feel, but it's always blaming them. That's like the first tendency when it comes to society. I think that's I think that's really stupid. Like if a person has been raped, you should never blame them. You should never blame them. You should never ask them or tell them this happened because of what you wore. This happened because you're a male or a female. This happened because you were out at night. Just be um, there for them. And I just think it's very stupid how that happens, honestly. Like like you just said, I have one thing to add. So yes, um, it's obviously victim blaming is really bad. And I get when you're wearing something too provocative in garments and if you're going to a place where that's unsafe for you, uh, maybe okay, fine. Maybe you can say, well, she shouldn't have done that, but doesn't mean like you cannot blame her for we are aware of. So you know, it's not it's not saying that you cannot you don't have freedom to do what you want. But these are the things that we can't be. These can't be changed overnight or just posting stories. These are not things that will be easily changed because uneducation, sex education, and poverty, and all of these things. These are big factors in what what India is. So. Uh, just being careful and being aware of your surroundings is just enough. Like you can do all of those things in a maybe more uh, evolved place, maybe place where it's more safe. But sometimes, you know, it's some situations and some consequences. Like it, like a bad image, like a two two a.m. in the night in a street where no one yeah. is isolated. So. It doesn't just make sense, you know. You can be, you can yeah. wear whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, but at the same time, you should be aware of your surroundings. So that's Absolutely, I'm yeah. I think, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Is there, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think that so concludes it, yeah. Just give us, give us a follow if, if you guys want to, you know, any updates on our new content at, on, at eccentric underscore podcast. Uh, yes. You can also follow us individually. 
uh, at my, my my Instagram is Nikhil Joseph. Uh, everyone else, if you guys want to. Uh, mine's at Suvela underscore Bolisetti. And, and my Instagram is at Pavitra underscore Liberson. Or if you just can't spell any of those names, you can just hit us up on our Eccentric Podcast account and we'll definitely get back to you with our with our mains yeah. if you want to talk to us there. And thank you guys so much for listening to and today's yes. episode. And if you have any requests on anything you want us to cover, you can definitely text us through our main DMs or on our Eccentric account. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye, See you next episode.